Are you an educator or community leader who believes in leadership development and mentorship? Then this episode is for you. Today, I am talking to Dr. Elena Fallis about the importance of teaching college students how to become better leaders and agents of change in their communities. Welcome to the Empowerment Zone with Ramona Houston, where we zone in on black and brown relations and our journey to empowering our communities. According to Dr. Fowlis, educators and community leaders must engage and mentor students in order for students to be more intentional about making a positive social impact in their communities. Dr. Elena Fowlis is an assistant professor in the Department of Language, Literature, and Arts at Texas A&M University, San Antonio. Enjoy our conversation and see show notes for more information about Dr. Fallis and how you can ensure students receive the mentorship and direction they need to be impactful leaders. As always, please subscribe to the Empowerment Zone podcast. Also give us a rating on Apple Podcast. Your support will ensure that we continue our journey in empowerment and impact. Thank you, enjoy our conversation. Today at the Empowerment Zone, we are focusing on higher education. And as you all know, I am a big advocate for higher education and particularly in the area of developing uh, new leaders. And today I have uh, Dr. Elena Fowles uh, with us today. And she is here to talk about how we engage um, Latino and Latina college students uh, in order to prepare them for greater social impact. Welcome to the Empowerment Zone, Dr. Fallis. Thank you, Ramona. I am really excited about, ha about having you. You're a fella Tejana, like me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Being from Matamoros, I, mm -hmm. I, 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 uh, it is good to meet you, and I'm glad that you are here on the show today. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and Growing sure. up in Matamoros and uh, your whole journey to be uh, uh, entering higher education. Right, right. So I did grow up in Matamoros, Mexico. My family is um, originally from El Salvador. Uh, so that's part of my history. And then after I graduated high school, I went to um, uh, California for a few months and then moved to Ohio. Uh, Ohio of all places, right? Um mm -hmm. I had, um, I have a sister that lives there. And so I went there originally it was just to learn English and I was going to come back and I never left. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started, um, my journey started in a community college there in Columbus, Ohio. And then I, I went to the Ohio State University Um um, after graduating, I graduated, I, uh, I had gotten married and my husband and I moved to, uh, we lived in Arkansas for about seven years. And that's where I completed my master's and my, my PhD. It had never been on my plan to go, you know, through that journey of grad school. Uh, but things, you know, doors were opening up. Um, it was, it was the, it was the perfect timing. 
And and I love that I that I'm in the space where I am right now. So tell me what institution, where have you been in terms of higher education and where are you now? So um, I did my uh, bachelor's degree at The Ohio State University, and then I did my master's uh, and PhD at the University of Arkansas. And now, and so we went back to Ohio and I worked um, at The Ohio State University too for a few years. Um, and then uh, last year, 2022, I moved to San Antonio and I'm a faculty member here at Texas A&M in San Antonio. So tell us about your work there at uh, Texas A&M San Antonio. Uh, I love San Antonio. Yes. Um, what what is what are you focused on, and mm -hmm. what what impact are you working to make at the institution? Right. Um, so I am in the Department of Language, Literatures, and the Arts. And within our department, we have three programs. We have the English program, the Spanish program, and Arts and Performances. Um, I am in the Spanish program, and I am happy to be part of this department as a whole. It's a very supportive um, a department. And one of the things that I've been doing since I started is that um, developing a new program for heritage language learners. Uh, this institution is a Hispanic serving institution with majority Latinx students. So we have um, over 75% of our students are Latinx, um, Hispanic students. And um, within our program in Spanish, we have um, about 80% of our students are heritage language learners, Latinx, Latino students, um, which means that they grew up um, in some uh, sort of bilingual environment, right? <clears throat> so they were exposed to Spanish. They uh, grew up, even if it's just hearing and not necessarily speaking, but they were, Spanish was always in their lives. And, um, and so we are shifting uh, to teaching Spanish. Um, the program, the, the program that um, we were teaching was for second language learners, which is a very small um, number of our students who are actually second language learners. And really, I mean, we could even make the case that Many of our students who are second language learners also grew up with Spanish, especially if they're in Texas, right? They, they right. this is something familiar. Um, so I'm happy that now we're shifting to to heritage language uh, learning. Um, with that, I've been um, just working with a lot of Latinx students here. Um, I currently teach a class. That is, uh, I'm so excited because um, it was all Latina students and I had never had that, you know, so I had 13 wonderful Latina students in my classes and we created, you, you know, just a great uh, learning and teaching environment in the class and, um, and, and even outside the class, right? There is, there is that time um, or that uh, opportunity to engage with students students in the classroom, but there's also um, outside the classroom, which can lead to other opportunities also uh, for our students. And you bring up an important point, point in higher education that learning not only occurs in the classroom, but outside of the classroom. And that mm -hmm. is a very good segment into our topic today about uh, leadership development, development in higher education so that Latino, Latina, Latinx students can make an even greater impact 
after graduation and entering into their professional mm -hmm. careers. So tell me, what are some of the ideas and pro programs that you are working to create or mm -hmm. develop at uh, Texas A&M University San Antonio in order to uh, create opportunities for La Latino, Latina, Latinx students to have uh, access to leadership development opportunities. Right, so I wanna say that every, it starts in the classroom, right? So my syllabus, my planning of my classes always includes some form of public facing product. Either, um, actually my students this semester are doing podcasts as a result of some of the, you know, the topics that we've been uh, talking about in the class. And um, it, again, uh, with the idea of so sort of highlighting something that's affecting or that involves the Latinx community, but also highlighting some of the wonderful leaders that we already have in our community, right? And in, in, in talking about the work that they do, et cetera. So I always try to engage with the students at that in at that um, level within the classroom, right? What are we doing that is beyond this classroom? So, um, so it's not just you know what what you're um, producing for the class. It's not just for me to grade, but it's also for you for your professional development. Maybe you're gaining a new skill, and more importantly, you're doing this for the public, right? So that others can see the work that you're doing as a result of, you know, this class or the topic that you're learning. So some of my classes are, uh, so this semester I'm teaching a service learning class. And so the students were already engaging, you know, with a, with a, uh, an organization, um, it's called Each One Teach One that works with adult literacy. Um, so they were working with that, right? So this idea of sort of giving back um, working, learning from community organizations, right? And, and make it relevant to what they're studying in the classroom. I think students should always think about, okay, how is this important? Not just for this class, but for my future, right? So having them, you know, do interviews, um, produce their podcast, it's a skill that they take with them, right? Even if they just did it once, it's something that they can say, oh, I've done this before. So wherever I go, right, whether it's grad school or um, corporate or nonprofit uh, work that they will do in the future, they have the skills, you know, to perhaps do some sort of storytelling for the work for um, wherever they go. So, I think that allowing students to have, you know, sort of think about the work that they do in the classroom as, a, as something that they're going to take away with them, um, it's valuable for them and, and helping them see because sometimes they don't always see, right, how this is applicable to their chosen career or wherever they decide to go next. Um, another thing um, that I've noticed, um, I mean, I'm new here to um, A&M San Antonio, but I've been in higher ed for many years. And one of the things that happens is that students get connected uh, within the university, right? So they participate in student organizations, uh, maybe volunteer for events um, within the university. And they are um, somehow, you know, comfortable with uh, meeting and, and, and doing a work within the university, but have not really made uh, those connections outside the university, which is, you know, after they graduate, they need to have sort of those connections, right? Um, and so one of the things that I've done in the past is to connect my students with 
um, nonprofit Latino organizations, Latino serving organizations. So in when I was in Ohio, um, there was um, an organization called Latino Latina Mentoring Academy. So I try to connect my students with that organization or other Latina leaders within the community um, that could, you know, be that um, source of um, information for the students. So I um, when you know, I took that extra um, step to get them connected. I invited them to inviting by inviting them to uh, events um, or um yeah, community events where I knew the students could, um, you know, meet different leaders within the community. So I, I shared my network with them, and I think that's important. So, um, so yeah, um, you know, having them feel comfortable too um, around those circles, um, that was to me that's important, right? Because I I would get students that come to me and say. I graduated, like after they graduated, right? I graduated and I feel like so disconnected. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who, you know, what group or even how to make friends, right? <laughs> Where you have to sort of seek out those friendships, right? Um, they're not just in, in your immediate circle, right? Um, so, so I thought, you know, this is, we need to do more of this, right? More engaging outside the university so that students can get connected. If possible with their chosen uh, profess profession, but also here in San Antonio, they have a um, leadership institute for Latina Leadership Institute uh, that is housed under the um, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And so that's another opportunity, right, that many of our students don't know about. And so why not getting them, get them connected with that as they are, you know, uh, pushing towards graduation. These are great ideas, and I totally uh, agree with you that educators, we have to make uh, learning relevant. Like, mm -hmm. how do we connect what we teach into in the classroom? Connect that to the, connect that so that they understand that it's very much related to what they do mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. of the classroom and professionally. You know, your program. I, I have a couple of questions about the different ways that you're figuring out how to do lead, uh, engage students in leadership development. Your service learning program, each one teach one. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really curious about what impact that has made on students because they have the opportunity to connect with individuals in the community, right? And I'm sure right. that there are. Um, skills and abilities and lessons and knowledge they learn from that program. Can you expand upon those? Right. Uh, so this is the first time that we're partnering with uh, with each one, teach one. Um, so I, it's a learning process for all of us, right? For the students, for me, for them. Um, so, but one of the things that I that I hear my students because they, you know, they have they um, submit uh, bi-weekly reflection, reflections on the work that they're doing uh, with the community. They also, we also have like conversations in the classroom about what's happening. And one of the things that I find most, um, uh, what would I call it? Um, I guess I'm excited to see the students really um, getting um, connected, right? Or understanding um, the work that they're doing in the classroom. And, and this was around literacy, Latinx literacy. So we went and investigated, right? What the What's the literacy um, rate or illiteracy rate um, in San Antonio? 
and then narrow it down what groups what sections of the city so we're thinking you know what 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 is happening in our local communities um and what is the role of EOTO you know to sort of bridge that gap we have a really uncomfortable uh, high percentage of ad adult illiteracy um, adults that haven't completed high school or their, um, we also had that organization also works with English um, language learners, um, you know, which have come here uh, through different paths um, and from different countries. So the students really were thinking about how to um, think about the people that they're working with um, in um, helping them achieve their goals, right? What they wanted to do and, and being a part of that. And really also thinking critically about how we think about uh, people, you know, that are, um, that represent that percentage of adult illiteracy. Are we, are we thinking and blaming the community or are we thinking and thinking about the way structurally that has happened, right? Um, and continues to happen. And so the students really, um, and some of the research that they did was, you know, think, coming up with those numbers, thinking about what are the policies that have, you know, made this, um, you know, San Antonio have such a high um, rate of illiteracy. And, you know, it was focused on the South side, West side, which is, has a high percentage of Latinx uh, population. Um, I think the East side too, which has a high uh, concentration of African-American communities. So here is black and brown communities are still, you know, um, underserved in this particular area, right? And so we talked about redlining and how that might have, you know, contributed to, to sort of that type of um, educational um, desert or, you know, um, uh, limited access to resources and things like that. Um, so really the, uh, they, what students, one of the things, a couple of um, uh, stories from them. So I have one student that, you know, completed her required hours and continues to work with them because she has developed this relationship with this one of the students, right? And she wants to see her success, succeed, right? And so she's like, no, I have to be with her because I, I can see, you know, I can see how she's gaining knowledge, how she's advancing to towards her goal. And she wants to continue to work with her and see her, you know, to the end. So that warms my heart, right? In <laughs> um, another one, um, she is an immigrant herself, one of my students, she's an immigrant herself. She, um, so her parents are immigrants as well. And so she started working and then she enrolled her dad to take ESL mm -hmm. classes. But then her dad was also tutoring math you know, within the same organization. So it was like full circle, right? And so that's the impact I think that we can have, you know, from my, from one class that sort of starting to test, you know, this uh, community engaged work to see in, the, and those are just two stories, right? That I, that I hear or that I, that I'm sharing with you of the impact that they're having and the community, my students and themselves, like how they are, seeing that the work that they're doing has has a tangible um um uh what um yes like they their impact right so they see the students sort of gaining knowledge or advancing or being able to read or you know whatever the case whatever it is that they're working with and that's very valuable for them to see they can they can 
take this experience into the job force, you know, or the workforce when, whenever um, they move on. But, but I think most importantly is that, that um, opportunity to be compassionate, empathetic, to think about social justice and the terms, you know, of, in terms of our community and the impact, you know, an organization like each one teach one has in the community, uh, the lack of resources that they might have and ha- what um, what the impact might be if um, people like, you know, my students or volunteers were not serving, right? Um, so, so yeah, it allows us to think about sort of this holistic way, right? And into uh, learning, service, um, and engagement in the community. Mm-hmm. Service learning, like you said, is so empowering. And mm-hmm. um, it is also a way for students to discover the systemic issues mm-hmm. that create our social problems, right? And so they get to be, get to, as you explained, analyze the problem but come up with solutions and also see that they have power because mm-hmm. through their solu- the solutions they've provi- provided, like you stated, they can truly see the impact that they're making on the community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So these, so these uh, experiential learning programs through classrooms is really important mm-hmm. to the leadership development of students. But mm-hmm. the other thing that you mentioned in terms of leadership development of students, it's actually the importance of connectivity that mm-hmm. we've got to expose and build networks for students while they're in school mm-hmm. so that they can have the relationships they need in order to connect with professional opportunities, uh, community uh, organization so that they can continue to make an impact. So can you tell me a little bit more about your work with how you're um, developing networks for students Mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in, in your classroom? Uh, So those, the examples that I uh, gave you with um, service learning is some of the work that I've been doing here. Um, Previously, um, when I was in Columbus, I also was a state commissioner. Um, So I was a Latino Affairs State Commissioner uh, there. And through that role, um, I was able to connect students, right? Uh, And so they, I was also teaching a service learning course there that required more more hours than than the ones here. Um, And students, so students uh, spend a significantly amount, uh, a significant amount of time with the organization, right? And some organizations were key for them to uh, thinking about um, issues that affected the Latinx community in a state, you know, within a state policy platform, right? Um, and so um, when students uh, were able to work with uh, with the Ohio Latino Affairs Commission, um, they were part of several um, events and and networking events, you know, um, like um, we had a couple of summits um, related to Latino education, Latino health, uh, workforce development. Uh, They have um, yearly, they have a legislative uh, day. So students, you know, also sort of not just there with the organization, but really networking um, and um, not only me as a, so I I was in the role of professor, but also you know a state commissioner, and so that was a valuable sort of um, opportunity for students, right? For me to like introduce them with key leaders in the community. Um, so 
what I want to say is that even us, right, us, us higher ed professionals, we have to be outside of our bubble, right? So not everything that happens happens in higher ed. And yes, we're preparing students. And yes, they might be doing well within the institution. But what about afterwards, right? And how are we uh, personally connected with the community and what the community needs, right? And so I think that um, as professionals, as higher ed professionals, we have an obligation to engage, you know, and serve in boards, serve um, um, uh, volunteer with organizations, right? Listen to to um, the de- teachers. I, I have connections with teachers now and, you know, listening to what, excuse <laughs> me, to what some of the issues um you know, they have with, with, um, with parents or, you know, like how to engage with parents or the needs that they might have, sorry, um, <laughs> the needs that might have, uh, for bilingual resources and things like that. Right. And so I think, um, me connecting, right. Um, I'm not only doing it for myself. Um, yes, I'm interested in understanding more personally, right. My community get to, um, understand my community, serve my community, but I'm also interested in creating those connections for my students in the future. Thank you for expanding upon that and how you are able to uh, connect your students uh, to different opportunities and different professionals in the community. So, you know, we have listeners who are in higher education as well as people who are in other sectors and other industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us, you know, when we, we're here at the Empowerment Zone, we're not just about educating the public, but really giving them action items on the various topics that we explore on, on this show. So two questions into one. Mm-hmm. What do you, what recommendations w- would you have for higher education professionals to uh, for them to engage in in order to provide leadership development for Latino college students. That's one. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, what can others outside of higher education do to really engage Latino um, and Latina students in uh, leadership development opportunities? Mm-hmm. Um, so here at the university, they do have a couple of um, leadership programs, although, um, you know, they have a limited number and that's a, it's a great program. Um, but what about the other students that couldn't, you know, for various reasons, sometimes this, um, at this institution, we have um, a, a very wide range of students. So we have traditional students who live in, in dorms, right? Um, in a dorm, we have one dorm. And... <laughs> uh, we have students that um, are a military, so they are coming back, right, um, after serving to um, complete their degrees. So older students, we also have parents. We have student, older students who are caring for parents, right? So we have a really wide range of, um, of uh, students who might not be able to do some traditional um, uh, leadership training, Um at our campus, right? And so I do think that one is um, connecting. Like as a as a higher ed leader, uh, professional, uh, being engaged with your own community so that you can find opportunities for your students, right? 
uh, so that you can bring them to those networking, you know, events so that, um, you know, they get to know, um, yeah, the, 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 the different organizations uh, that exist within our community. Just to give you a quick example, I had one of my activities with one of my students in this in one of the classes this semester was for them to visit a Latino uh, Latinx owned businesses or business or organization. Um, all of my students, all of my my um, Latina students, uh, it was the first time for them to do something like that. Um, they had never done anything for, you know, for a class like that. They really, I asked them, you know, we were sort of having a conversation about, it. they really enjoyed doing that, doing that with an, another peer, right. And going and sort of interviewing people and getting to know their stories. Right. So that is one, you know, one way to connect students with the community sort of on their own, just so, so they can be familiar with it. So they can sort of engage, you know, with the different businesses or organizations. Another way is for us, right. To take them to those places to the resources that are already there in the community. Um, I think we need to think of mentorship in a different way too, right? To As a, as a really personal commitment to uh, not only help them succeed in their journey, you know, through higher ed here at the university level, but also prepare them for the um, outside, you know, that the, the life outside the university once they graduate. Um, and I forget the second <laughs> question. Yeah, so you talked about the things that people could do inside higher ed. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Oh, so professionals. People outside yeah. of higher education, what can uh, we do to engage students in leadership development opportunities? Mm -hmm. So um, getting them connected with, um, like I mentioned earlier, there is the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce here that has a Latina leadership institution. There's a couple of other um, leadership institutions out there in the community, um, getting them, um, uh, I think, you know, volunteering um, is a really important um, opportunity for students to get to know sort of the work of a nonprofit or the work of, you know, X, Y, and Z organization. So getting them connected and those organizations, right, welcoming our students and seeing them as, um, you know, the students that are going to be maybe future leaders, right? So so I feel um, that we also need to think about volunteering a little different. It's not just come, do your hours and leave, but actually um, build a relationship with the organization so that they could be sort of that outside mentor to, to you. Um, so <clears throat> to me, this has been um, accomplished through service learning um, where... You know, I I um, engage with the organization that my student that my students are working with, and sort of ask them, you know, to to really take um, uh, an interest uh, with the students so that they can guide them right through their work. So they're not just there to complete a task, but they're there to learn from the community, from the organization, um, and not just you know kind of come and go. So I think um, organ and I think the organizations. Um, can, you know, some mindful of um, what type of organizations, but most of them are in interested, right? Because this um, students could be potential employees later on. And that has been the case where when um, students have worked with uh, organizations, 
later on, um, they are called, you know, to to work with in a project with this organization, or if there is, you know, a, 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 um, a job opens up within the organization, they're the first ones, right, to be alerted of alerted of this opportunity. So, so yeah, have that. Um, think about those opportunities as um, opportunities to engage and mentor uh, young people. That's great advice. Uh, so organizations um, and businesses outside of higher ed, you know, engage students, allow them the opportunity to volunteer for your organization, uh, rethink how you do volunteerism and really build relationships with the students uh, so mm -hmm. that they can really be exposed to you and the, your work and the impact that you are making. Absolutely. So, so lastly, Dr. Fallis, what impact do you want to see do you see students making after being involved in leadership development programs? Uh, well, I want them to give back, right? I want them that once they become leaders, they think back um, in their communities and the things that they've learned, you know, in the classroom and how do they give back? How do they serve their own communities? How are they uh, really agents of change, right? We think of leaders or we say something on, on our mission statements. Oh, we're building agents of change, right? So how are they actually owning that, right? How are they actually, because it could be an emission statement, it, it sounds good, right? But how are they thinking themselves as agents of change? So to me is seeing them go back, right, to the community and go back to serve um, or to lead within, you know, those communities that perhaps are underserved uh, or continue to be underserved or under-resourced, right? Um, and be those uh, professionals that come into those communities and um, offer change or an opportunity for their communities to sort of, um, you know, uh, be in a better position or, or or even to teach them how to advocate for themselves, right? Um, I think those, I think I want to see and I hope to see my students do that. And I I'm happy to say that I have seen some of my students sort of move back to those communities or go back, you know, and, and work or even uh, offer um, workshops or trainings um, in regards to sort of advocacy and things like that. Right. So I that's I want them to not only. I want them to see, to own that agents of change, right, thinking about themselves as agents of change. So, Dr. Elena Fallis, I know you're a big advocate for higher education. So, could you tell us what school schools did you attend? What were your majors, your degrees, and what strategy would you give students to ensure that they're successful in college? So, yes, I went to the Ohio State University, and I my undergraduate degree was in Spanish and Latin American literature. Um, at the University of Arkansas, I did a master's in Spanish and a PhD in comparative literature and cultural studies. I have to say, if I had to do it again, if I went through that, if, even though I, um, you know, I successfully completed all of my degrees, I want to say uh, get a mentor as soon as you can. Um, I really didn't have a mentor until I was in late in my PhD program that I actually felt, okay, this person, you know, is my role model. And then I asked her to be my mentor, right? 
Um, and so I think um, the, that is so valuable, right? To get engaged in your institution, but also get a mentor, which I never did um, as a first gen um, college, you know, a, a graduate as a as an immigrant. Um, my parents couldn't, you know, guide me through any of that. So I had to, I made a lot of mistakes um, that I think could have been avoided uh, with a mentor. Yes, mentorship is so important. Uh, we have to make sure that uh, we get mentors and people who can guide us through the process of higher education so that we can spend time, more time learning instead of trying to figure things out for ourselves. Mentorship is so important. Thank you so much, Dr. Fallis. We appreciate you. Thank you. A special thank you to the incredible team of the Empowerment Zone. Terry Gully, theme song. NADWorks, digital support. And, of course, our featured guest, 